One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good, how are you? I'm, well, <clears throat> you've got a bit of a croaky You've throat. got a frog in the throat. Yeah, we've literally sent about 10 attempts to start the podcast. We have. Just fouled them all up. Yeah. But, but we've done it, we're over that first hurdle. We are, we were here. Um, Jerry's going to join me later to talk about the budget. Yeah, good. Which is very exciting. Um, then we'll do Brexit of the week, obviously. Yes, we will. But first, we should get to the news. And we had some. Um, well, it's, it's it doesn't sound like great news for Aaron Banks. Um, the bad boy of Brexit. The bad, bad boy of Brexit. Self-anointed. And the and the National Crime Agency are now investigating Aaron Banks. Britain's FBI, as it said in the song. <laughs> Britain's, Britain's FBI. FBI. <laughs> It'd be good if it was like Britain's CSI, wouldn't it, and, and all of that. I've never watched that. You never watched it? Well, that's killed that bit then, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's been investigated, uh, and his Leave campaign had been investigated for uh, uh, alleged offences committed at the 2016 EU referendum. The <clears throat> So the Electoral Commission basically say that there are reasonable grounds to suspect that money given to Better for the Country, which was uh, Aaron Banks's, uh, one of Aaron Banks's Brexit campaign groups, uh, so eight million uh, was given to that group, um, and they are saying that. Um, and Aaron Banks then gave two point nine million uh, quid of that to leave EU to conduct their um, their campaign in the referendum. And the Electoral Commission is saying there's not there are reasonable grounds to suspect that that money didn't come directly from Aaron Banks. Um, do you, I, I've got the I've got the rules on what are permissible here, but it seems right at this point to say that Aaron Banks is. Denying all yeah. wrongdoing. I'll read out Aaron Banks' statement. He says, I am pleased that the Electoral Commission has referred me to the National Crime Agency. I am confident that a full and frank investigation will finally put an end to this ludicrous allegations levelled against me and my colleagues. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing from the companies I own. I'm a UK taxpayer. I've never received any foreign donations. The Commission has produced no evidence to the contrary. He went on to he actually finished the statement by having a pop at George Soros. <laughs> Did he? Okay. Typical Aaron Banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Say classy, Aaron. I mean, um, obviously we can't. There's certain things we can't. Uh, you know, he's, he's denying it. The investigations need to need to run its course. Yeah. And we would certainly not want to uh, hamper that in any way, shape, or form. 
But it is pleasing that these things have been taken seriously and being looked into. It is, yeah. Um, and Aaron Banks says he's pleased about it as well. So, so we're, everyone, everyone's everybody's happy. happy yeah. <laughs> everyone's happy. Everyone is happy. Um, um, the, the next thing that happens is going to be the interesting thing. Yes. The really interesting thing, because they'll have to make arrests or drop it, you know. Well, they will, yes, exactly, yeah. I, I, I mean, so, so basically, you're only permitted to make donations, or you were only permitted to make donations... If you were an individual on a UK electoral register, if you were a UK registered company incorporated within the EU and carrying on business in the EU, if you were a UK registered trade union or a building society or an LLP, limited liability partnership, or a friendly society or an unincorporated association, and the suggestion is that this money came from outside it may have come via um, the Isle of Man but who knows we don't who knows where it, it, it originated but Aaron Banks denies all of this and and you know it, it must be said that I've got no real personal regard for Aaron Banks uh, or anything he says and does whatsoever but you know innocent until proven otherwise um, but what it seems to me is that this is a, a major allegation about three million quids worth 2.9 million quids worth of money uh, which went to leave eu mm. and it seems only right to me that we should now push pull back from from what we're about to do and say that until this allegation is is fully investigated and aaron banks is cleared as he says he's going to be that we should just suspend the brexit process until that is done i haven't seen any any uh Serious politicians or serious voices echoing that, which is which is. That's because I'm not a serious politician. Well, I'm it's, aware, very, I'm it's very disturbing that they're aware of that. But I can, what I can, uh, yeah. Well, exactly what I'm saying is, I'm surprised. You know, I'm, I think that, I mean, maybe people will jump on that, but it does seem to. I mean, we, we said before that really we should be investigate. We should be letting these investigations take place and and pausing things months and months ago. Now this has got to a very serious situation. It seems to make perfect sense, doesn't it? Well, it, it certainly does. You know, look at look at the look at the the scenario, the, the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is is that these allegations, which Aaron Banks denies, are proven, but and it's materially, you know, clearly three million quid is going to going to have some material effect on the outcome of the EU referendum. That is proven to have come from elsewhere, uh, which Aaron Banks completely denies. But we've already exited the, the European Union. It, it just seems crazy to me that, mm. that, that, that that would be allowed to happen. <clears throat> yeah. Something else that's a bit crazy. Oh, great segue, <laughs> mate. Uh, is what? It is, is. Well, it's all sorted. You don't need to panic. Oh, yeah, yeah, but anyway. It's done. Yeah, it is it's done. done. Yeah. 21st of November. 21st. The Bunsen remember, will come remember. Out the 21st of November. For that is when we will. It's all going to be signed and sealed by then, isn't it? Dominic three weeks. Rob, yeah, Dominic Raab. Less than three weeks. So Dominic Raab. Dominic Raab has... Uh, well, he's a bit of a wally, isn't he, Dominic Raab? He's, I think he, look, he he reminds me of that um, that friend that's always telling you how he can run really fast and fight lots of people and gets lots of girlfriends that you never meet. Yes. <laughs> you know, that one. Yes. Never seen him win a fight, that but he does yeah. a lot of talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like that guy. He's got a girlfriend who goes to another school. Different school, yeah. yeah, yeah. A different school. You wouldn't know her. Yeah, you wouldn't know her. You'll never probably meet her. Maybe this was just uh, him bragging Yes. Um, that he was going to get done by the 21st of November. But I think what, what actually happened was he was asked um, to give evidence 
uh, the House of Commons exit in the EU committee, and he wrote back, he wrote a letter saying, I'd be happy to give evidence to the committee when a deal is finished and currently expect November 21 to be suitable. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, there you go. He, he quickly sort of did a U-turn, didn't he? Yeah. He was um, he was slapped down a little bit, wasn't he? He was rather. Um, his own department was forced to correct the record. Yes. Um, and it, 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 I mean, it is it, it is a bit messy. But then we also hear about the financial uh, services potential deal. agreement on financial services. Now, I think mean, everyone's a little bit dubious about this because why didn't the Times splash it? Mm. I think probably because it's just one source within the within the department, probably, yes. and it's not Dominic Robb. But that would. Uh, that would be a big moment, obviously. Yes. Uh, but I don't. Th- I think what from from reading the the piece, it seems to be that the we would have to be aligned <laughs> in a regulatory fashion. Yes, that's exactly what we would have to be with Brussels, and that is not going to please Brexiteers. Well, that is the sovereignty, isn't it? That they are um, that, that they are going uh, uh, they're going on about. I think this was on this idea has been on the table right from the start, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this has always been the EU's bargaining uh, position. Um, and if but if we do, I think they I think they seem to be from from what the Times was saying that they seem to be suggesting that if we do accept their regulations and that they are in charge and that they are the arbiters of this, then they can go a little bit further for us. And obviously, you know. Financial services, services in general, is is it's a huge part of our economy. Isn't massive. It? We can, we simply can't let that crumble. And and also, I think um, with regards to the regulations, well, we seem to be we seem to be happy with them now. So why wouldn't we be happy with them yeah. on the first of April next year? To be fair, it, it would be a bizarre hill for the Brexiteers to die on, wouldn't it? The the <clears> loss <throat> of regulation over the, the services and financial services industry. But yeah, yes, but they probably they continue will try. To, yeah, they continue to try. <laughs> Um, something else about November the twenty-first. Do you know? Do you know about this? November the twenty-first this year yeah. is the what is it? Sixty-fifth anniversary. So in nineteen fifty-three, yeah, it was Your 19, birth. November the twenty-first, nineteen fifty-three, <laughs> was when the Natural History Museum um, announced that Piltdown Man, oh yeah, was actually a hoax. Oh. They discovered it was a hoax. Imagine that something. Something that you know seemed to be really significant. That loads of the country believed in. They believed it was a you know an incredible fossilized yeah. skull, which yeah. meant that you know prehistoric man had roamed in Britain. Yeah. It just all turned out to be a load of bollocks. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, nothing like that would ever well, happen again. It's, it's good that we're uh, yeah we've moved on. <laughs> moved on from that. Yeah. Although looking at some of those back benches, I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> yeah, there, um... was a, there was something about pilt <laughs> pilt down feet bone man. <laughs> With his big yeah. Sven Joran Eriksson forehead. <laughs> he does look like Sven. He does look he? just like Sven, yeah. yeah. How long before he's First dating... half of Brexit good, second <laughs> half not so good, as Sven would have said. Bless him. Bless him indeed. Um I interviewed Sven did a couple you? of years ago. Did you know? Is he that? nice? He was really nice. I always quite liked yeah, Sven. Yeah, yeah. I was quite nice. I thought he should, it, it, it was more to do with the players than Sven. He was really he? nice. I uh, when I phoned him up, he was living in Mexico. I, I don't know if he's still coaching in Mexico. I don't think so. Was he coaching their national team? But he me? was coaching. A, a, I think he might have been coaching either their national team or he'd coached them and then was coaching a team in right. quite a lot of money. Anyway, very very young sounding woman answered the phone. Really? Yeah, probably his daughter. I would imagine. Or, Cleaner. Yeah. 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 Anyway, moving on. Nancy Delalio. 
No. Who's she dating now? I don't know. Is it Dominic Raab? She might be. It might well be. But you'll never meet her. She goes to a different school. <laughs> Which, but, but she dated someone else famous, didn't she, after after Sven? Yeah, she did, didn't she? But I can't think who it was. Was oh. it that chap who puts a dress on and went out of Jordan? Oh, Alex Reed. <laughs> was it him? The, the cage for cross-dressing cage I think it was probably him. Yeah. Almost certainly him. <laughs> We've been really careful about... Um... It was a chef, wasn't it? She was went it? out with a chef, did she? Did she go out with a chef? I saw her in... Are going to cut all this bit out? I saw her in Harrods. Did you? Yeah. And um, and she's larger than life. Larger than life. She's larger she's than life lady. everywhere. Arms everywhere. Bags everywhere. Bags, yeah, 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 yeah. She was a passionate Italian woman, wasn't she? Very passionate. She was like a, a sort of, you know... An Italian in mind your language or something like that. <laughs> yeah. like, who have we, can we just dial up the cliched Italian woman? Uh, so with elements of Dorian from Birds of a Feather, whatever Birds of a Feather Do- is. Dorian. Dorian. That's what she was called, isn't it? Dorian. She called it Dorian. I she was called Dorian. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That was the eighties. Yeah. Listen. Yes. I'm Scotland. Yes. Doesn't like Brexit. <laughs> Who thought it? <laughs> Scotland voted. Let me get my figures right on this. They voted. Uh, yeah, Scotland uh, voted sixty-three to thirty-seven in favour of staying in the EU. Right. But they are coming out of the EU. Yes, they are. Yeah, dragged there by the English. Yes. Um, but there has been a new poll, and. 64% of Scots think a people's vote would overturn the uh, EU vote result. I think that's uh, I think that is certainly true, but what I wanted yeah, to yeah. talk around and 60% or 59% yeah. sorry said that there should be a people's there vote. There should be a people's vote. Again, not this is not greatly shocking stuff because this is uh, we know that Scotland is is big on remain. But it does beg the question, doesn't it, the, the Scotland thing. Um they do you think that they should be given a an independence referendum because Another one. Now, mm. I'm, a, I, I'm a fan of this economic union. Someone told me off saying Britain was only an economic union mm. and the EU was only an economic union on a pod a few weeks ago, but I stand by it in the nicest possible way. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm a fan of keeping Britain together. Um, but it does seem mightily unfair that the Scots are desperate to stay in the EU and we're told that the only way you could stay in the EU if you become independent is by voting to stay in Britain. Yeah. And then we're dragging them out. I know. What it should seems, they do? It seems completely crazy, doesn't it? Well, Northern Ireland's another example, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And even you know all the polls in Wales who did vote to to leave, but the polls in Wales seem to indicate that they don't want to do it either uh, now. So uh, knowing what they uh, knowing what they all know, I think the the weird problem for the SNP is that even though people are implacable, if I think the weird problem for the SNP is that even though the Scottish people seem implacably against Brexit, yeah. uh, as they were, you know, they're unchanged, aren't they, almost? The, the numbers are almost unchanged from the referendum. Mm. Um, and it's a, a, and it's a huge, you know, it's, it's 25% or whatever it is, um, plurality. Um, uh, then, um, but... The last time I saw a poll about independence, I think it was I think to leave was about forty one percent, and it was forty one to to fifty nine. Yeah. So, you know, so by all means have another have another referendum, and I'm sure that Nicola Sturgeon, 
um, is is banking on this getting a whole lot worse, and you know there there will be some manoeuvrings because you know that's the that's the end game for the SNP, isn't it? Do you think the SNP? I think if they, had a, if they had a referendum tomorrow, they wouldn't win it. No. But if they have a, had a referendum after. You know, six months of Brexit-induced misery. Yeah, then well, exactly. They and might and stand after, a chance. And after their um, during their conference, there was a lot of a lot of the hardline nationalists were saying, you know, she's got to come out in a speech and demand we have a, another yes. refer- independence referendum. And she has, she has stepped back from that. And it does seem to be because she's playing a longer game and waiting to see what happens with regards to Brexit. Yes, exactly. Um, because it's going to be a damn lot easier to do. Also, though, what would you think if I think the EU would do now? Hmm. If Scotland, because um, they were keen on Scotland staying in the in the British as part of Britain as well, I'm yes. And so, but if we come out, they get an independence vote. They vote for independence and get it. Then, I reckon the EU would fill the doors open. Wouldn't well, they? I think they probably would. Yeah, yeah with the greatest big smiles yeah, on their face. I think they probably would. I think you know April April Fool's Day is probably <laughs> the uh, or the uh, or the the thirtieth rather of of, uh, of March is probably the day that that would happen. Ah, they don't work in Brussels on a Saturday. Oh, that's it's true. a Friday, you know, Brexit day. It is. That's wrong. It yeah, eleven p.m. Oh, what will you be doing, the European <laughs> podcast listener? We'll have to do that. We'll we? have to do it. We'll have to ask next week. Yeah. Another more good news. Yeah, good. more good Brexit news. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, should we get a jingle done up? Brexit, Brexit, more good Brexit. Brexit news. <laughs> the Brexit bus is coming. <laughs> do you know what Brexit might mean? Uh, I don't know. The dystopian <laughs> collapse of society. Mad Max. Yeah. Sort of a twenty-eight days oh, later that, style thing. Quite like that. No, not quite like that. No. no. But what Brexit could mean is. Would it be like Game of Thrones afterwards? That would be good, wouldn't it? If there was a lot of dragons came and <laughs> people's heads came on spikes and it's like whales, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of you know animalistic sex. All and right, the, and Steve. I like those big. Um, there's quite a lot of big sort of throne. Brexy. Yeah, getting Brexy. There's quite a lot of those big sort of animal skin rugs, aren't there, in Game of Thrones? I there are, like there are, yeah. Although, I, I, you do know. you know, I've I've taken a, a different approach to watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, I've, I've never, never watched. Wa- I've never watched Game of Thrones. I've never. Well, I've watched lots of episodes, but never in order. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I just put it if it's on. Like, oh, I watched. Yeah, I watched this, and I never actually, apart from the last season, which I did watch in order. Yes. But before that, I've got. Well, what's he doing? He died in the. Oh, we've gone back three series, you know. So. Yes. There you go. I, 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 so I'm never, no expert. I've never watched a single episode of, of Game of Thrones, although obviously <laughs> you absorb it, don't you? By osmosis. a friend of ours, a friend of ours do, uh, said that I am I am like a character in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, who's called Sam, and I think he's the guy who I think it's, he's the guy who spends a lot of time in the library, which is funny because that's where we, we record are, the we podcast. Record this in the library. There yeah. you go. Anyway, no, not none of that. Okay. What Brexit means is you ready? Yeah. No holidays. Oh, is everything being yeah. cancelled? None. <laughs> no, no, holidays. no holidays. No. Well, I was going to ask you about this, because it's a it's very odd, isn't it? Because I've just come back from holiday. I yeah. went to I went to the United States of America, and um, and and I was thinking about you know my next holiday, which ordinarily would be next sort of Easter summertime, and I was thinking, you know. Where, where can we possibly go? Will we be will we be able to get flights out? Can of we the get country? to like? To go to like Guernsey or something. Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe. It's nice. It's nice. Scunthorpe. Yeah. Bridlington. Bridlington. Love Brid. Brid. Two, two weeks. I'm not sure about two weeks. Robin Hood 
Punt's Bay. That's quite nice. Winter Road is great. Yeah, it's nice. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll sort then. So, but but actually leaving the country, you know, could you could you could you book now? Are you taking your life in your own That's hands? a really good question. A really good question to which I don't have an answer. But the reason, we're not just saying you're not allowed to go on holiday. There's yeah. a reason behind this. You. And it's quite complicated, actually. So it's the Data and Marketing Association has warned that uh, UK businesses would need to find other ways of retaining the movement of personal data within the EU without a deal. Right. And it seems to be that there is no, no plans yet to try and do that. One business that was highlighted during the Digital Culture, Media and Sport uh, questions... Um, would have to strike 72,000 data deals with EU firms in the event of a... I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary. That's an internet-based holiday company. Oh, God. But none of this stuff has... Uh, none of this stuff has even started. You know, people... And, and, and you know, we're going to talk about the budget in a minute but with Jerry. but in the budget, the Chancellor was saying that when, when we get a deal, it will unlock all this spending because firms haven't been spending. I think the part of these poor buggers who need all this data done, they'll be hoping they don't have to do any spending. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to not going on summer holiday next year. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staycations all around, isn't it? Staycations, it's that's lovely. good. I'll tell you what, it's lovely in Norfolk this time of year. It's <laughs> just gazing out that window. Look yeah, at it, isn't it, it is, beautiful? Yeah, it's beautiful? Oh, yeah. It's very grey. Dirty, it is. Very um, grey. The other great 50 news P's. of the week, yeah, 50 P's. yeah, yeah, the fifty yeah. p in your pocket. You won't be able to go on holiday, <laughs> but you will have a blue passport, which will be useless, and a a fifty p, which you will can say gaze at it. peace and prosperity, prosperity and, and friendship, friendship to all nations. I yeah. believe is yeah. what it's going to. Which say. is weird because that's my catchphrase. Yeah, it's good. I say it all the time. That was Ted Rogers <laughs> used to. That was his early one before he he did the old thingy. I think Bruce did, did it for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Peace, yeah. Pos- prosperity. Hang on a minute. He did all that. He dancing. God, I miss Bruce. Don't you miss Bruce? Brucey. What was his? What was your favourite Brucey show? Oh well, I used to like the Generation Game. Generate the old Generation Game. Yeah. Uh, that was good, wasn't it? It was just people watching a conveyor belt going past and trying to remember the shit on well, it, wasn't it? Was, there was a little play in there, wasn't there? There was, yeah, two was spinning, the, spinning spin, the plates. Spinning plates or tie a knot. Yeah. <laughs> when they used to do a play, I used to like that. That was funny. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a little play. Ah, <laughs> oh, funny. Um, Scores on the boards and all that. Uh, play your cards play right. right. That was the first. That was my first Brucey experience. And the Joker in the pack, which makes me such a happy Jack. There you go. I can't do the rest what of it. What a star! What um, a star! And then I like Take Over Bid as well, just because it had Bruce rapping in the title <laughs> song. He did some rapping in the really? title song. Fantastic! Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It was around the same time that Wizbit came out, which had Paul Daniels rapping in the uh, in the the um, in the, the title song as well. Anyway, fifty p's. 50p's. How much are they going to be worth after Brexit? Well, 43p. 43p. <laughs> 43p. Um, and we asked, didn't we? We asked um, new European uh, readers and new European podcast listeners yeah. what they would like to see on the front of the the new post-Brexit 50p. And we've got some um, su- some suggestions here. Uh, uh, at Andy Toots says it should say there will be adequate food. <laughs> Uh, at S. Barraclough said on the front it should say heads we lose and on the back it should say tails we lose <laughs> uh, at Greyhound Bluey said please send food we are governed by maniacs 
Brexit survivalist said instead of friendship with all nations, it should say friendship with all nationalists. Uh, Gavin Newsham said it should say friendship with all nations as long as they don't come over here taking our jobs. Uh, and Lee Brackstone, at Lee Brackstone, and I, I think at Lee Brackstone is the boss of uh, Faber Social, the fine book company who oh, right. brought out all these great music books recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he brought, I think Lee brought out the, he's just done the, the just done the Beastie Boys book. Oh, yeah. Uh, which looks superb. Does look good, um, in, I mean, no way trying to get a free copy uh, of <laughs> this by saying that it does look great at Lee Brackstone. Um, <laughs> he did the Cozy Fanny Tootie book, which is really, really good. He did the Vervet Albertine book um, and, the, um, and the, the great Kim Gordon uh, book as well. Um, uh, he says, Lee Brackstone says it should say there is no such thing as society. Uh, do you want to read some of these out? <laughs> yeah, uh, go for it. So we've got Pauli Michel says it should say friendship with all nations minus 27. Okay, uh, Charles Darwin, farewell cruel world. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Crow, I used to be worth a pound. That's quite nice. That's, it's that's like good. my other cars are poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good one. Danny, um, Danny G. Danny G. Danny yeah. G. Italy. He was great. In Tonga trade means <laughs> Tonga trade means wealth for all. Tonga trade means wealth for all. <laughs> and the other one that I really liked uh, was uh, Robin Webster said, "Collect a hundred and ten thousand of these tokens for your right to live and work in the UK." <laughs> That's very good. Uh, good. Uh, milk at milk was bad. This is what happens when you tell lies to the electorate. Very clever. There. That is yeah. clever. That is good. That's a clever play on words. That's too clever. And, and at Elise Kennedy said the front of the coin should just say, F*** it, lads. <laughs> Thank you very much for those. Next, I'm going to speak to Jerry. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858... 438840 and quoting podcast one, or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry, fight Brexit, subscribe to the New European. Welcome back. This podcast is brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour Party policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. Join today for just £3 per month at prog.rs forward slash join. That is prog, P-R-O-G dot R-S forward slash join. Jerry. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How's the budget? The budget was as exciting as ever. It's on the edge of my seat. Do you know what? I Most people say to political journalists, Oh, this is like your World Cup final, isn't it? This is your big day, the budget. Meh. Well, I've always been a bit like that with the budget. Mm-hmm. I find it um, I find it to be one of those things where it's, it, it's so easy to miss something and that's why it takes two or three days usually to... To properly gel, I think in the, in the in the um, in the mind because there's all that you've got to go through the red book and you know the best story I got from from the budget this week came from the day after from the red yeah, book you yeah. know so the initial thing is really tough to do and it's very easy for them just to um, feed you the headlines and you, you tend to sort of go with it you know so you've got to be careful not doing that so I find it a bit stressful if I'm honest but. As a piece of political theatre, it's great fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I like the drama of it. Yeah, and I thought, actually, 
controversial. It was just great, wasn't it? Not to, to just to have a have a budget where it felt like almost felt like an old budget from Gordon Brown's days or something. I'm not sure I'd go quite that far. Well, you weren't even born then, but it felt like you know because we were actually spending some money. Yeah. So we'll apparently, get, we'll get into that. What, what was your take on it? Uh, yeah, I I thought it was. Kind of fine. I don't know. Kind of fine. Kind of fine. You should be a film critic or something. Do restaurant reviews. <laughs> I do do restaurant reviews, I'll have you know. Many strings to my bow. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think that the, for all the kind of shouting about money actually being spent in the public sector, I don't really think it's going to make that much of a difference. Right, well, let's just jump in there because your particular area of expertise, of course, uh, as well as Brexit, is health. Yes, so and restaurant reviews to, and restaurant reviews, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we have touched on this money before, but we're, we're twenty billion yeah. over five years. Twenty billion over five years, and six hundred and fifty million more for social care. And two billion of that is ring fence for mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not on top of that. Is part of that twenty? Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so that that is. The big headline that everyone's been banging on about mm-hmm. for, you know, even before the budget, we were aware of these figures. This is what the Tories want just to remember from this budget, the fact that they give. And they say, and it's naughty, that this is the biggest cash injection the NHS has ever had. Yeah. But it is only 3% over five years. And I think normal sort of average spending for the NHS is nearer to 5 or 6% increase year on year. So it was... Uh... 3.6 real terms increase is what was promised, and this is less than that. Right. Um, so, yeah. so I mean, obviously we welcome any money going to the NHS, but is this a, a bodge? Is it a sleight of hand? It's not a bodge, but the problem is, is that the NHS is already in so much of a deficit all over the place that this money is going to go towards that. It's not injecting new money into a system which needs it it's kind of it's just paying off their debts yeah it's just paying off the minimum payment yeah on your credit (laughs) card absolutely it's exactly what it is so yeah i guess it's it's welcomed any new money to the nhs is welcomed as you said and no hospital boss is going to turn their nose up at getting a bit of extra cash but it's like you say you're still in debt after it it's not really going to make a massive difference okay so when the Tories say this is the biggest cash injection the NHS has ever had, we should take that with a slight, well, quite a big pinch of salt. Yeah. Um, what else stood out? Um, you mentioned mental health a bit. I, yeah, that is to be welcomed. Um, it's yet to be seen how NHS England, Central NHS, is going to guarantee that the people that buy healthcare locally don't use that money for kind of other urgent needs, which is what has happened before when right. there's been mental health money promised. Right. Right. Um, so you to make sure that's spent in the right place. Um, PFI was an interesting one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not just for health, although we have plenty of hospitals that are built using PFI deals. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to scrap them. Um, but, of course, the ones that are existing and are in, uh, you know, pushing councils and hospital trusts, etc. into debt are still going to carry on. Carry on, yeah. So it's a bit of a so-so, I think. It's like, yeah, this is great, but actually it's on a backdrop of this which really kind of makes it quite ineffectual yeah and then um what about the uh there was some nice little uh, he it was ill-advised wasn't it when he said little extras yes for schools for schools but there was a, there was a cluster of little things that were like oh that's nice yeah like um but then when you think about it like all right uh, of course every school will welcome ten thousand pounds but yeah, sure. 
what on earth is that going to buy? Yeah, when you've got, you know, head teachers already having to, like, buy their own books for yeah, kids yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, it feels like, well, it you know, it's not a little extra. It is like flicking a coin to a homeless person, isn't it? Yeah. And then you've got um, the other stuff. This is why I, I refer to it as an attempt at a feel-good budget. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, Are you talking about the potholes? But pot- <laughs> Do you know what? You go to any surgery... Uh, and any Friday, anywhere in the country, and someone will want to talk to you about potholes. Yeah, sure, potholes are a real annoyance, but, you know, money for prisons and police could have been nice well, as well. There you go. Um, <laughs> but this is what it is. It's a, it's a, it felt like, how can we make people feel better about themselves, about the country, and about us? Yeah. So, um, the, the potholes, the um, VAT that they're getting from the sales of these, uh, there's a military charity that is selling something to raise money, they're yeah. getting 10 million quid. Yeah, and what about this money they're going to get off, you know, the likes of Google and Amazon and stuff like that? 440 million quid. I mean, it's not vast sums no, of money. No, no, that was a shock when he said that. I, yeah. I thought, I thought he'd got his figures wrong. He hasn't, but that doesn't seem like a heck of a lot, does it? No. Um, but, the, you know, going after Google, people like that. Yep. PFIs, people hate PFIs, yep. scrap them, like that. Yep. These are things that aren't costing any money, but have got, but and might and will generate some money, that just, it feels like, like us, everything's going to be fine. And then they frame it all in. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end of austerity. This is it. We've made it. Well done. Well, it was very Here's much a budget to tax seduce taxpayers, wasn't it? It was yeah. very much a, yeah, look what, look what we're doing for you. Um, I'm just not convinced it stands up. Because the problem, the problem being that whatever number two, I mean, on Sunday, uh, Philip Hammond uh, on Mars said, if there is no deal, then we will have to, you know, do this again. Yeah. On But then that was rubbish to be it, wasn't it? On Monday morning, um, number 10 said that it was all funded. Yep, regardless of a deal or not. But I think it's quite clear that if there is a no deal Brexit, there will have to be an emergency budget. Well, of course, and And Hammond said that, didn't he? You know, he said he reserves the right to turn the spring statement into a proper event. Yeah, into a full fiscal event. Yeah. Yeah. So... What basically, I think, what number ten and what number eleven are saying here is, and it does seem to me that they've got their heads together a little bit. Actually, let's just rewind. Theresa May got those OBR figures, and Philip Hammond got those OBR figures mm-hmm. in, during conference season before her speech. Ooh! <coughs> so she could be fairly confident that they, they could spend some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This is my theory on this. Right? She stood up and said, "This is the end of austerity." Said to. Uh, spreadsheet fill, go and spend some money. Mm-hmm. We're going to get everyone on side here. But more importantly, we're going to get the MPs on side because we need our MPs to, to back my checkers deal or whatever it is, checkers plus 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 when it comes to Parliament and not send us out with no deal. We need to get a deal. So we're going to give them a nice budget, and but we're just going to put a bit of risk in there. If we have a no deal, this might not happen. Just those, to kind of, yeah. those OBR forecasts, of course, are, for, are, are uh, forecasts which assume that Britain gets a deal, gets yeah, a Brexit course. deal. Yeah, just to scare them a bit. Scare them a bit. Yeah. I think that is exactly what's happened. Yeah. This is a highly, highly political budget. Yeah, absolutely. It might have, you know, been some kind of clever play at last. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, could, it could well be um, that moment when them figures dropped on Theresa May's desk could well be the moment that we actually... Um, a, a turning point, you know, a moment in Brexit time mm-hmm. where what the deal we actually get uh, is, is was forged, yep. you know, was properly forged. 
let's hope um, let's hope that the mad Brexiteers uh, don't don't win out. I mean, yeah. they, they're still I, I, they have been quiet this week, haven't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's difficult to argue as a Tory. It's difficult to argue against this budget. It's a real, you know, the backbenchers will love it. Yeah, and it's you know money for defence as well. Well, and, and, and extra money for you know the Brexit departments yeah. too. Yeah. So. You know whether whether you kind of agree with the direction it's going or not. I think you can agree that more funding will be needed if we're going to try and get it right. Right, quickly. What about Labour's response? Yeah, Labour of um, as as would be expected, of course. Um, kind of criticised quite a lot. Um, Jeremy Corbyn said that the that extra Brexit funding, the five hundred million, um, is a sign of panic, not planning. Um, and it says it's because they can't agree a deal amongst themselves. I don't know. Um, he's saying it's got to be rejected outright, and he would say that, wouldn't he? I guess. I guess that that is that is his job, I and mean, he's basically called the budget a broken promise budget. That's a nice little soundbite. The broken promise budget. Yeah. The, you see, the worry, the problem for Labour here is that they don't want the Tories to claim that they've ended austerity. Ended austerity. Yeah, of course they don't. They, this is a nightmare situation yeah. for Corbyn because yeah. he wants to get in power and go, this is the end of austerity. Yeah. So he's got to try and <laughs> no, convince this us. is the end of austerity. <laughs> so he's got to now try and convince us that this isn't the end of austerity. Yeah. And he, he, he obviously um, tried to do that during PMQs and I don't think yeah. he quite nailed it, but that that is Labour's plan now. Yeah. I think I do think in a way he's right because, you know, this is there isn't going to massively going to be big changes for, you know, local authorities who are still going to have to plug massive gaps. And it's not like services that have been cut are going to magically spring back open. That's no. not going to happen. So it's not going to get a lot easier for people, you know, on, on your average street. But there does seem to be a bit more money around. Well, there certainly is. Um, if we're, you know, if we... Uh, hopefully those will be our focus are correct. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I think, you know, in all fairness, it's how do you define austerity? I mean, you're quite right in saying that departments have been squeezed. I think the real, this may be the beginning of the end of austerity, but it will not be until the spending review in uh, in the summer next year yeah. when we find out what departmental budgets will be, will we actually be able to say, OK, the recovery has begun, you know, and the, the money's coming back in. Um, so Labour can cling on till then. I'll give it a go. Okay, cling on to austerity. Oh, don't leave us. Don't leave us. You're our only hope, austerity. Um, Jerry, thank you very much. Brexiteer of the Week. Steve, you're back. It's time for Brexiteer of the Week. It is. It is time for Brexiteer of the Week, and so many to, to choose from on my return from holiday. I'm, I'm barely going to mention... Uh, Andrea Jenkins, who was on Question Time amazingly the other week and, and said, we haven't played all the cards in our arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I know, that was Which was, was just <laughs> shuffling a pack of guns, I suppose. Uh, and we're not really going to talk about the bloke in Harrogate. Did you see, at the t- same time as the march, I actually saw this on, on Sky while I was in America. At the same time as the march, uh, the People's Vote March, there was a Leave Means Leave rally in Harrogate. Uh, which seems to have about 700 people instead of 700,000 people. Yeah. And there was a bloke on Sky News drinking a pint of Guinness in the pub with Nigel Farage. He had the old John Bull Bulldog uh, T-shirt <laughs> on. And at the end, they said to him, well, what do you think about Brexit? And he said, there's billions of people in the empire. Let's get back to being a, a British empire again. That's what it's all about, you know. It's about being a British <laughs> empire. <laughs> 
Yeah. So we're we going to really struggle to get the old colonialism and the slavery and the gunboat diplomacy through through Parliament, but, you know... Well, I'm not we, sure if we would. We live and hope. Um, Richard Littlejohn has also been on holiday recently. He took six weeks off his uh, Daily Mail column. And, and when he came back, he said, um, he said he'd been on holiday with his old mum, which is nice. Aww. Uh, but he said... He said, I've, I'd had enough of trying to find something original to say. I didn't want to read, let alone write, another word about Brexit. And since he's come back, he's proved his own point by writing several thousand really unoriginal and totally unreadable words about Brexit, including this week's drivel about the budget, where he's spread fear, Phil, yeah. uh, is, is one of his new nicknames. But what I'm surprised about is that he hasn't returned to one of his... Ideas which was very original. Yes, yes, go on. Which, which was he wrote in a Daily Mail column in September 2016. We're told we haven't got enough trained Brexit negotiators, said Little John in 2016. How many do we need? Why don't we let Philip Green rehabilitate his reputation by sending him to negotiate with Brussels? If he wants to keep his knighthood, he should earn it. Give him a week, and he'd do them up like a kipper, and they'd end up paying us to leave. Hmm. Yeah, it's not aged mm. that well, has it, mm. that one? Jacob Rees-Mogg. Mog, yeah. Do you remember Mogmentum? I do, yeah. Remember when it was a thing? I do. It's slowed a bit now, hasn't it? Um, he wrote a, He wrote an article last week, and he said that we should all listen to the economist Patrick Minford. Oh, yes. The, and he the, said, it was in the Telegraph, wasn't it? Everyone's favourite economist. And he said, although Patrick Minford does not represent the mainstream view, he deserves to be listened to. <laughs> and no sooner had he said this, than someone went, oh, look at this piece of video I've found of Patrick Minford in uh, uh, talking to a Westminster committee in 2012 uh, and they said what would happen to the car manufacturing in this country if Britain left the EU and he said you are going to have to run it down it will be in your interest to do it in the same way that we ran down the coal and steel industries which right. uh, <laughs> which was good and of course Patrick Minford um, is, is well known to new European readers I've written a lot about him uh, he told the son in 2016 that brexit was going to be great but it would mostly eliminate manufacturing in the uk yeah and in yeah. 1990 he said the community charge has got much to commend it that's the poll tax opponents underestimate the p- political maturity of the electorate he has got a very impressive track record he has yeah and he doesn't represent the mainstream view for bullshit yeah, yeah, but he deserves to be listened to, <laughs> if you fancy yeah. a laugh. Um, number two, just failing to reach the, the, the dizzy heights of number one, Nadine, oh, yeah, yeah, Nadine yeah, yeah. Doris. Yeah, love this. And, um, and she, when, I went, when I went away, Nadine Doris was on the TV all the time and stomping up and down saying David Davis should be made the interim Prime Minister That's and right. Theresa May had yeah. to go. And... Then I went away, and there was Theresa May addressed the 1922 committee, and Nadine Doris went into that. She was in fighting mood, and she two days before this meeting, she wrote, she tweeted rather, she said the, the PM saying the deal is 95% done is pure spin, a cynical attempt from Number Ten to hoodwink the public. And then, just as Theresa May was coming in the room, the 1922 committee, she tweeted, everything's been rigged by the whips. It's a PR farce. Mm. And then she'd gone really quiet yeah. about it. No more calls for David Davis no, to no. be made the Prime Minister. She's no. not really returned to the theme. And oh, she's only tweeted once about this. And she, why has this happened? And 
What has the Prime Short, Minister done to win sh- her over? Shortly after May left the meeting, yeah. she tweeted, the Prime Minister calls me Nadine, N-A-Y-D-E-N. The only other person I know who does that is my mum. The Prime Minister put on a sterling performance. Impressive, and you could only be filled with respect for someone who, in the face of adversity, did that. So, you know... If, I mean, I call her Nadine. Well, I call her Nadine. What, what do other people call her? Nadine? <laughs> I don't know, really. I don't know. But if David Cameron <laughs> had said Nadine <laughs> instead of calm down, dear, all of this Brexit unpleasantness... May never have happened. It may never have happened. Fearless Nadine Doris. Anyway, <laughs> Brexiteer of the Week. He's not been Brexiteer of the Week for a while. He, it's the brain of Brexit, Daniel oh, Hanan. Yes, Dan yes, Hanan. Yes. Dan Daniel, the man Hanan. Dan the man Hanan. We with need, his Kima Nan. We do need one of our legion of um, fans. Yes. To do a running tally on Brexiteer of the Week, I think. Oh, yeah, we do. It's that a project be, for someone. Yeah, if you fancy be, it. Do yeah, it, yeah. and you'll be you'll go straight to TNE heaven. You'll be rewarded. Yeah, you'll be rewarded. Um, and he's got a cunning plan, Dan Hanan. Mm-hmm. Dan Hanan and his cunning plan yeah. with his Kima Nan. Yeah. Um, and he has said, if there's a people's vote, yeah. there might be a people's vote, right? Right. What's our plan as leavers? Well, I would say, I have got a little bit of um, you know, I've read lots of books about campaigns. And yeah. I would say you start the ground war as soon as you can. Yeah. And you follow it with a heavy air war. Yeah, I mean, you understand what these phrases are. I'm not suggesting we actually go to war. No, and then um, and then you'll need some. Uh, you'll need one or two talking heads. Get them on all the big shows. Yeah. Get yeah, yeah. You know, carpet bomb the BBC. Yeah, they use a lot of war terms. They don't really mean it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that. It's, well, what he said was almost exactly that. He, yeah. he just said that no one should turn up on on voting day right. if you're from the Leave side. Right. So that's he said, going to be... He said, I won't vote in it. We shouldn't play that game. We should just say no. <laughs> Democracy. Yeah. We're not, we've already voted. We're not having anything to do with it and not turn up. And right. I think that that is absolutely fine. So, Dan Hanan, with your master plan, what about all you lot stay home and we will all turn up at the polling stations instead and then the next day if you, we'll, we'll let you know how it went. Yeah. I think that would be ideal. Yeah. So, Daniel Hanan... Is the Brexiteer of the week? He is the man. What should the listener do right now? If you're a Leave listener, you should follow Dan Hanan's <laughs> advice and not vote in the, in the people's vote. Um, but you're not because you're listening to this podcast. Um, if you really enjoyed this podcast, even the bits with Richard on it, um, <laughs> then you should leave us great reviews on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, many stars. Say how wonderful we are. Um, if you go to steadyhq.com, you can contribute to uh, the New Europeans' work to stop Brexit. Uh, you can give us a, uh, a little bit of money. You can give us a lot of money and get an advert in our newspaper, if you like. Yeah. Um, steadyhq.com slash the new European, or just steadyhq.com and search for the new European, and you can uh, contribute to our important work. You can follow the new European on Twitter, um, at the new European. You can uh, like us on Facebook. You can join our Facebook readers group. And you can, if you really want to, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I am at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. And I am at Porrit, P-O-R-R-I-T-T.
That was the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. Join now at prog.rs forward slash join, that's P-R-O-G dot R-S forward slash join, J-O-I-N. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It's smasher as always, great front cover, £2.50, on sale now. Loads of politics, loads of Brexit, tons and tons of culture as well. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.